This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. What would you say if I told you that you had a disease? What would you do with the news that you have a disease that has a 100% mortality rate? It's hereditary, and as far as we are concerned, incurable. This disease will cause you to lose control of your body at times as well as your mind. It will gradually deteriorate your body and mind throughout your entire life until you eventually die from it. Would you live in denial of that news for a while? Would you reorder your priorities? Would you get to work on all of those items on your bucket list? How would you feel if you heard the news right now at this very moment that you were going to die? The sad and unfortunate truth, my dear friends, is that this news is true. You are sick. I am sick. We inherited this disease from our parents and it will eventually claim all of our lives. Perhaps you have loved ones whom you have lost from this disease before. What color ribbon-shaped magnet would we put on the back of our car to raise awareness about this disease? Have you figured out your cryptic diagnosis yet? You have been diagnosed with sin, and it's going to kill you eventually. We tend to think of sin in terms of the symptoms rather than the disease. If someone does a lot of bad things, they're a sinner. But the people in the pew, in the seats to your right and your left on Sunday, those are the good folks. We tend to see sin as a verb rather than as a noun. But simply put, sin is not something that any of us can avoid simply by trying harder to do the right thing. You may have noticed this in your own life. The minute you tackle one sin, a new one pops up in its place. And if you're worried that you run out of sins to struggle with, you're probably dealing with the sin of pride. It will eventually take its toll. The symptoms are vast and manifest. Lying, cheating, stealing, adultery, violence, covetousness, slander, malice, rage, the list goes on, whatever. Those are merely the symptoms of this disease. And all sorts of people are looking for a cure. They're looking in all sorts of different places. It's no secret that people today are looking for a miracle, especially in healing for other illnesses. They were looking for miracles and healing in Jesus' day, too. Now, today, I don't even want to try count the number of so-called faith healers that draw big crowds. And as to whether or not they're the real deal, the jury's still out for me. <clears throat> they're not. Uh, <laughs> the problem is not and has never been that God is not willing to heal. The problem is when human beings claim to wield God's will by their own power. 
the idea that they can tell God what he's going to do. In our gospel text for today, Jesus heals a couple different people with a couple different issues. As I said in our Bible class this morning, it is a miracle sandwich. Not miracle whip, but a miracle sandwich. One of them had a major medical problem for 12 years. Not one I'm going to go into detail about. Another person in our gospel text was dead. So next time you think that you're having a tough time, think about the fact that Jesus healed this little girl and she was dead. Your problems cannot possibly be any worse than that. So there they are. Jesus and his disciples are returning from the country of the Gerasenes across the Sea of Galilee. And the, immediately the leader of the synagogue named Jairus comes looking for Jesus as his daughter is extremely ill. Jesus' reputation had spread even to this desperate father. And Jesus was the only hope for her. Jesus is the only hope for us. This man turned to Jesus in faith, and Jesus immediately set out to bring healing where it was needed. Everywhere that Jesus goes, he brings with him life, healing, joy, peace, and forgiveness. On the way there, there was another person in need of healing, yet they were without the boldness and courage to simply ask Jesus for help. It would have been a really big deal for this woman to ask Jesus for help. According to the Old Testament law, the medical problem that this woman faced usually only happened to women once a month, but she'd had it constantly for 12 years. And it made her, in no uncertain terms, ritually unclean, meaning she was cut off from the rest of her people and could not touch anyone else, let alone a rabbi and holy man. So she dared not even approach Jesus to ask him, yet in her faith, reached out to him. She spent 12 years trying to find a cure for this affliction. She spent 12 years alienated from her entire family and community, from her family of faith and her own human family. She'd spent every penny that she had and had nothing to show for it, but was in fact more sick. And so in absolute faith, she knew that Jesus was all the power she would ever need to be healed. Not even a word from Jesus, just the corner of Jesus' garment. And the words that Jesus speaks to her are of utmost importance for her and for you. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. He speaks these same words to you and to me. Daughter, son. Your faith has made you well. You are healed of the disease that is truly killing you. That sin which you inherited and have contributed to yourself. We hear these words in holy absolution, knowing that our sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Trust in these words and you will be healed. And perhaps think of it this way. If only the hem of Jesus' garment was enough for healing for this woman, imagine what his very body and blood in, with, and under the bread and wine will do for you. 
After Jesus healed this woman, he continued on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. But the messengers came from his household and basically said, don't even bother, she's already dead. Don't bother the teacher Jesus any further. She's already dead. See, much like the woman with the blood disorder, you would be considered ritually unclean if you touched a dead body. Both this woman and this young girl were considered lost causes by those around him. But Jesus does not believe in lost causes. The servants try to warn him, don't go in there and touch her because you'll become defiled. She's already dead. But that's not what Jesus is all about. Don't fear. Believe. Resurrection life which is the point of Jesus' ministry, bursts onto the scene right away early on here. Mark chapter 5. She's not dead. She's not truly dead in the way that really matters. Because wherever Jesus is, there is life, there is healing, and there is salvation. And dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is right here. Right here among us, exactly where he's promised to be, wherever his word is proclaimed, wherever his people are gathered in his name, there he is among us. You have nothing to fear, and your faith has made you well. I don't have any easy answers for you as to why we don't always receive the physical healing that we want and that we ask for and pray for in this life. In fact, I don't think I have any of those answers at all. But what I do know is that the perfect healing, the true healing of the main disease that is separating you from everlasting life is healing for you right here and now in the name of Jesus, in the person of Jesus, as he dwells with us, his people. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Sins forgiven. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all of our human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.